<laughs> yeah, so anyway, I don't I don't know where to go with this. Just start. <laughs> just just hit the hit the record button and make it happen. <laughs> well, the record button's already on, so we're just going to jump right into this with both feet and a couple of hands. This is the Renegades on Dirt podcast brought to you by Palmer's Tavern, Liquid Nitro Energy Drink and Residuals Old World Meats. And once again, uh, we get to keep all of the uh, luxury uh, in-studio guest items to ourselves because uh, yes. we are joined on the phone um, and not in our studio. Dang uh, it. Yes, with uh, with brand new sensational race car driver. Uh, Leah, pronounce your last name for me. Steel? Yeah, that's like Steel. Woman of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> well... That's appropriate. Yeah. So Leah Steele was a uh, uh, came on the scene uh, last year, the 2018 season. Wait, 2019 season. What year? <laughs> 2019. 2019. Season. Season. <laughs> the beginning yeah. of this year, it's this past a, season. It's been a rough. <laughs> now, um, you came from. You're not. You're not entirely a newbie to racing, but you came from a two-wheel world. I actually, uh, I've never raced before. I've been on sport bikes pretty much my entire life. My dad actually used to race CRA back before I was born. And he's been the one who instilled the, I'd say, need for speed. What is this? Can you, I'm a motorcycle dummy. Um, <laughs> You're among, a dummy a lot of things. Among other things. Um, <laughs> what What is a sport bike? Like, I mean... Uh, like a Kawasaki Ninja? Yeah, like a crotch rocket. <laughs> okay, well, this ain't called Spade is Paid, right? Right. This isn't like a pit bike or a dirt bike or, uh, you know, this isn't no, I mean, this is the real deal. Like, All right. Like, you ride a really fast motorcycle. I do, yes. Okay, what, how how, how big and how fast is it? Um, I, I own a BMW S1000RR, so it's a pretty that's fast a, bike. Oh, that's a bike. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a that's a BA bike. <laughs> Definitely. Because I, I can't say what BA stands I, I for. I think I yeah I, I even know what that means. I think. So, so okay. Um, how, what's the fastest you've ever gone on this ridiculous bike? <laughs> I don't know if I should admit that. Um, <laughs> More than 165. I mean, uh, of course, it was on a closed course and uh, completely controlled environment. I mean, because right, we'll go with that. Yeah, because uh, we, we would never condone doing any of this stuff on the street. So, <laughs> yeah, 494 uh, is a closed course. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I, I actually the the fastest I know that I've gone is 173. Oh, yeah. I mean, it might have been 174, it might have been 172. It's so hard it to tell been. at that speed, really. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea what, what you're even talking about. That's crazy, 170 <laughs> miles an hour on two wheels. Uh, so, <laughs> I so, haven't even been that fast in four wheels. Yeah, you... Uh, yeah, you you either really like speed or you really don't like life. One of the two. <laughs> so, <laughs> so no, that's uh, that you is, know, that you is know, impressive. You know how sprint car racers and dirt track racers we keep talking about. If you're not living on the edge, right? If you you're don't push up too the much edge, space, yeah. Well, she just did. He's not taking wheels. up any space. She's she's uh, <laughs> she's over the edge. Wow, that's uh, that well, is something. So you but you never raced uh, these motorcycles, right? I mean. Uh, 
for practical purposes, you've never been in a uh, a racing event with motorcycles, or you did race motorcycles? I've never raced them. I've never been to a race. I've been to racing events, but not uh, participated on my own. Okay. Awesome. So uh, how familiar are you or were you with dirt track racing and, and sprint cars in general before this? Uh, before May, end of May, I had never seen a dirt track race in my life. <laughs> so a complete I, newbie. All right. I never knew they even existed. Crazy. Wow. Crazy. So, but you, like many of uh, many of the racers that uh, race with us, um, were were kind of brought to the sport or uh, through the help of uh, Ryan Ryan Johnson. Is that that's correct? Yeah, that's right. He well, actually right. was the one who helped me build my car. Why? Why does this all of a sudden track? sound like prosecutorial? <laughs> well, I, what? I just I didn't know how to segue into uh, you know and 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 because but Ryan has been uh, Ryan's so, helped a ton of people. Oh, just amazing! And uh, you know, Ryan was a guy that uh, I raced with late models, um, and we I think we kind of gravitated to each other in the Cedar Lake pit area because we were both kind of one man shows. I mean, I had my wife and kids and. And uh, we did have some help, but, uh, you know, kind of coming and going. But, you know, Ryan was there completely by himself. And, um, you know, and he lived, uh, we lived in Wyoming at the time. He lived in North Branch. And so uh, so I, I think, you know, we had, we helped each other with their cars. He'd come over once or twice, and he borrowed my scales and this and that. But uh, when he called me and, and was asking about the sprint car, I mean, you couldn't find a better representative um, or a better guy to get into the sport because um, he just, I mean, he can't help himself but to help people. And um, I think it's fair to say, I mean, because he worked on your car basically uh, the summer, right? I mean, the two of you kept it, kept your car, and then he had his own car um, going. Um, but it, would, it appeared to me <laughs> that his car was kind of ratty compared to your car. Is that true? Because your car is pretty uh, nice. A hundred percent true. He actually was more worried about making sure my car had what it needed and that I was ready for a race that, he neglected his own car, and at one point he uh, forgot to tighten a bolt or two and ended up losing parts on the track and having to be uh, clawed out <laughs> off the track. So right. it's uh, <laughs> it was an interesting experience. Oh, right, right. <laughs> no, that, what that's, I mean, I think that just speaks to, you know, the, Ryan and then how much help he's given all of the people in our series. And, right. you know, Ron, we... we uh, uh, when we taped this, we uh, we had actually just did an interview with Ron Bernhagen, and um, you know I was kind of the guy that Ron pushed everybody to me, and now I I push him to Ryan, so, <laughs> so it's taking a lot of pressure <laughs> off of me for sure. But uh, but no, so what was your impression? Did you uh, when you first got to the racetrack? I mean, did you go and watch one night and then said, hey, this is cool? Or um, I mean, kind of take us through the experience uh, and okay. and how it came to be. She's an adrenaline junkie with a new challenge. Come on. <laughs> well, right, but I mean, did you just like, I mean, did he say, hey, let's build you a race car? And you said, I don't even know what this is. And, or did you go watch a couple times or, you know, what, what happened? So he took me to one race and I, I just fell in love. And he had, he had told me about his racing past and he was talking about how it would be great to get back into it. And the conversation kept flowing to eventually us both getting cars and racing. So it, it's for me, 
it was an amazing experience just to watch the race and be exposed to it, but to actually start planning to jump in and go, that was the most adrenaline ever. The first time I strapped into a car, I <laughs> I was hopelessly lost. I was so in love with it. Okay, okay. And, so not to interrupt you, but so so check this out. So so you're telling me that that you've gone 173 miles an hour on a on a two-wheel death machine <laughs> and and uh, and perceivably you know and i i'm, I'm maybe par- paraphrasing here but so <laughs> you and your and your buddies go ride these things at ridiculous speeds through the night you know with just throwing caution on the wind but you're telling me you got into a sprint car and you felt like you had more adrenaline and it was more exciting than that i mean it, it's okay if the answer is no no but i mean is that what you're saying Oh, yeah, the bike's been parked all summer. I hardly touched it. And for someone who's ridden lifelong, that is, that tells a lot. (laughs) That's a tragedy. It's amazing. That's, uh, well, and, you know, (laughs) the, the, the beauty of that is the uh, perspective that you're able to offer because, uh, you know, I can say it all day long that it's super fast and and cool and, and, uh, you know, is, is, you know, way fun, but, uh, you know, for somebody who had never even been to the races, um, yes. to get in and now, you know, have this passion that, you know, for me started when I was 14 or well, when I was a little tiny kid, but got getting behind the wheel when I was 14 in the mini stock. Um, and then, you know, through you know, just like 20 some years of racing. Um, and then to hear this is just, I mean, to me, it just, it's confirms, confirms, well, it confirms everything that we've, you know, that, I've been trying to tell people and that people have, have said, I mean, that's astounding to me. Randy turned, Randy, Randy turned the wrong button. <laughs> there you go. Actually, actually, I had something pop up on the screen that I was like, oh, that can't be there. <laughs> a little technical flaw at the, uh, the uh, luxurious uh, Hibbing, Minnesota studio. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes these things happen. It's that time of day. All the alerts come on the computer. Right. So, so you uh, you got the car, and um, second know. race that she's ever been to in her life as a dirt track person. She's in a she's, car. Yeah, participating. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what was the what was the first night like? So the first night was with you, um, and we ended up actually not getting my car done in time. So that's standard. Told- that everybody has to do that. That's a rite it's of actually passage. a rule, I think. I have to look. It's a rite of passage. <laughs> to not be ready in time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, everybody. That's uh, that's yeah. That it's part of the whole package. First time Kaylee showed up. I think I'm learning at, this. First time Kaylee showed up at the racetrack with his car, he was still putting the carburetor on. Yeah, there's uh, there, that was a weekly was thing. So, <laughs> there were so many times where we were tweaking something on one of the cars or trying to replace something last minute, and it really came down to the wire where we almost miss making it all the way up to Grand Rapids. So that's, that seems to be kind of the theme of it. Uh, we, we did almost, we, we missed getting my car together for the Grand Rapids okay. race. And I actually strapped into Rai's car for my very first night. And I kind of wish that he was on the phone with us because he tells this story much better than I do. 
Yeah, that, we'll save that for his episode. Well, he will be, yeah, he will be a guest. <laughs> he will certainly be a guest. So, so you gave us some ammunition to, uh, to, to ask him about as well. Oh, definitely. This one is to let people know how a mother of two got involved in dirt track racing, having never been to one. I just fell in love and bought a car. I <laughs> <laughs> see that that's not a normal track for people. I mean, especially coming from a two-wheel world where bikes were the deal. How old were you when you started riding a bike? Oh, as soon as I could hit the pegs with uh, on a little 50. I mean, three or four years old. Good Lord almighty. How old were oh, your yeah. kids when you bought them a pedal bike, Kaylee? My kids? Yeah. Uh... I don't know. I, uh, they they were young, but I mean, they don't. I mean, our bikes basically sit. And she had a fifty cc motor, right? Before most people have pedal bikes. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a uh, pretty pretty amazing. And and to uh, walk away from something that you've been, you know, so lifelong in, passionate. Yeah. About. And uh, and to be you know gripped by this is uh, that's that's really astounding. Um, so your first night you're in, in Ryan's car, um, what was the difference when you got in your car? I mean, of course, the, the whole new environment out there, right, than what you were expecting? It was. Um, my car definitely, as you had mentioned, was out of the two, the better put-together one. A <laughs> uh, little bit newer, had better parts, and uh, it, it's... It handles completely different than Ryan's. He built that car so it was easy for me to drive. And I've loved it. I'm, it's it's helped me progress so quickly, just being able to trust that car and know that it's going to do what I need it to do. Right, right. So, so you know, what measure of success did you have your first couple nights? I mean, were you uh, – obviously, it's – you know, I know from the adjustment for the environment – um, you know, we have people get in these heaven drives and they get out of the car having not hardly cracked the throttle and, you know, they feel like they were, uh, they were setting the track record. Um, you were up to speed fairly quick, um, in relation to, you know, somebody who had never been in a car. Um, you know, what, how many nights in did you, you know, were you able to really grasp what was going on and how, uh, you know, what the car was trying to tell you and, and how to do it? So for me, I, I felt like it wasn't fast enough, and I always have that drive to keep progressing. So my goal was to try and learn the track and the car, and I'm going to say probably the fourth or fifth night, I stopped getting lapped, <laughs> which is huge for me. Oh, right. No, that's it. And and what, what everybody needs to understand, you know, right off the bat is that, uh, you know, getting lapped in a sprint car is not a, you know, you don't have to be that far off the pace, Um to get lapped, especially um, with some of the, the competition that we have now. Right. Um, you know, they're, these people are on the hammer all the way around, and there's no, uh, you know, there's no waiting for anybody, that's for sure. Right. Right. Yeah, I um, I feel like that, that progression path, it was really steep for a while where I was gaining and just continuing to progress every single night. And uh, I think that I did end up having one setback when my first crash happened. Uh, luckily, it was a minor one, but it definitely made me take a step back and start thinking a little bit more about how the car worked, uh, what, you, what 
track conditions were, what the setups of the car needed to be, and really somewhat methodically, you know, look at what was going on around me and take it all in before I really started progressing again. Um, that, that race, I don't remember. I think it was the end of July, maybe early mm-hmm. August. Right in that time frame. Isn't that when you smacked the wall at Cedar Lake? Yeah, I actually, I hit, I hit another racer who had spun out in front of me and, um, I went to avoid him and I actually hit his gas tank and I had been going fast enough where it threw me up into the wall pretty hard and it did damage my car but i'm stubborn so i kept racing <laughs> really <laughs> i never guessed <laughs> <laughs> right so and that was just during the heat uh so i ended up going into the feature and i started mid-pack um and i started off very strong started passing a couple people right away um but going into one of the turns there's at Cedar Lake, there's a, an area that always gets kind of dug out. Um, so it's, yeah. it's pretty rough to hit. And that's all it took. I hit it and it broke my car the rest of the way and I couldn't get it under control anymore. And I kept spinning out. So I ended up taking myself off the track. So, and out of the race. That, uh, you know, from, from my perspective, your progression, um, you started out, like you said, you know, just not getting lapped was a, was a big deal and you were all smiles. And then, um, you know, you got faster and faster and pretty soon you're keeping up with the field. Um, and you're also, you're still all smiles and, um, you know, cause you know, the one thing that I, I, I know about, well, you, you tell me if I'm wrong, maybe I don't know this, but I feel <laughs> like I know about you, Leah, is that you, you basically wear your heart on your sleeve. And, um, I think, I think it's pretty easy to tell looking down pit road what kind of night you're having um is that a fair assessment before I go oh on? it definitely okay. is okay okay so um you know from my perspective and i think a lot of the other renegades um you know you were you know every night and, and we actually talked to troy about this too he kind of had the same the same thing where you know it's progress 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 you know things are going great and then all of a sudden you kind of hit that glass ceiling um and from my perspective, that that night in Cedar Lake, um, where I think you know, I think we had the caution. If I remember right, the caution came out twice, and you were involved uh, both times for for however it worked out. Um, and uh, for the next, I, you know, I don't know if it was a week or a couple of weeks or whatever. You know, the uh, the the typical smile that had been there um, had kind of faded. Yeah, it. Uh, it it seemed and you know and we all do it we all hit that hit that spot so you know how how you know devastating mentally was it um to go through that night or the or that little time period um and and what do you think really got you through to the other side because uh you know obviously things things got better from there yeah um i actually it was very frustrating and uh it, it did the the mental block was the hugest part of why my shift in mood was very visible and evident. Uh, I, I was disappointed in the fact that I was scared and it, it did scare me. And the fact that I had kept spinning out and couldn't keep control of the car, given that the car was broken, um, that's part of it. But just, it, it made me scared of 
spinning out again during a race, causing more cautions during a race. So I got extremely cautious and that was, that completely uh, changed my mood about racing for a little while, while I tried to figure out how to overcome that bit of mental block that had kind of snuck in there on me. I know we had talked a couple of times this summer and you were really, you seriously were really struggling with that. I know there were times where you said that you weren't even sure that you were going to go to the racetrack that week. I, the, yeah. car, the car was ready. You were all ready. Everything was set, but you just weren't feeling it. But you, you still showed up at the races and did the thing. I, I mean, yeah, you slowed down a little bit, but you regained that confidence over time. What what made you get back in the car? I mean, I know there were a couple of times where I really questioned whether you were going to be there. 100%. Uh, Ryan, he, he has continuously been just that steady support of me getting into that car again and getting over whatever my brain was doing to me to get me to not have that fun. And the truth of it is, is that every single time that I got back into the car, it chipped away at that concern more and more until the end of the season where I was able to pull myself out of it completely and really hit the mark on progression. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Pretty much hit your stride right there about the end of August. Uh, and, and everybody knew it. I mean, uh, <laughs> and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Well, I, th- that's a, that's another story that I want to, I want to share, but, uh, um, you know, I, of course, my mind just went blank. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, one of, one of the things I'm curious about, now that you've had that crash experience, you've, you've hit the wall, you've hit another car, you've had an, an evil, nasty car underneath you. <clears throat> Has anything like that ever happened to you on a bike? Have you ever... Oh, yeah. I, um, I've crashed a motorcycle, and I was young. Um, someone had pulled out in front of me from a stop sign, and they T-boned him. And I got back on the motorcycle that night, on a motorcycle, not my own. Right, right. And, you know, the way I look at it is that if something happens like that, if you don't get back on it, you're never going to do it again because that fear will just keep building. Right. And for me, with the sprint car, that was exactly it. The fear between races had started that build-up process. And I really just needed to get in and suck it up and just go. So, do you think that the uh, um, the the fear you you talk about um, now, and I imagine this is I guess this is the way I've always felt about it. Is it is it a fear of being hurt or is it fear of failure? I mean, explain that a little better. <laughs> or try to. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's not it's not fear of myself getting hurt, but of hurting others. So if I were to spin out and someone were to crash because of it, I would have been devastated. That's okay. just my personality. No, and that's, I'm not that's interesting. I've, I guess I never, I never, uh, I've never thought about others, I guess. In that. <laughs> I've always, I've always, you know, it's still days of thunder. Like I'm, I'm more, more afraid of being nothing than I am of being her kind of a deal. But uh, I know, I guess I never, uh, never considered um, that aspect of it. So that's, that's interesting. That might be the mother in me. I uh, I definitely am more caring of others. And if I if I'm not having fun, it's one thing. But if I'm the cause of someone else not having fun, then it's not it's not a happy moment for me. A little more of a dramatic hit for you. 
Right. So, so the re- the I don't know if it's the rest of summer, but so you're you're chipping away at this deal, and uh, I think we've talked about this before on the on the podcast where, um, you know, in my opinion, you are not a real race car driver until you have seen the other side and have have uh, faced some measure of fear, be it from you know your own personal, you know, preservation or or otherwise, but. Um, Hello, you know, welcome to being a real race car driver. Well, you know, I mean, you get, you get these you get these punk kids in there, right? I mean, these kids are going getting get in the car and they hold the thing wide open and it sticks and they're fine and you know, then pretty soon there's all oh, like he's amazing and I just, you know, I yeah. it's not that I don't respect them, but until until you know it can happen um, to everybody, um, you know, you don't. You, you haven't seen it and you got to work through that and that's something that there's a lot of drivers that never do um and so it's uh it's interesting that you I mean unfortunately hit that so early in your career but yet you know kind of explain week to week what happened and and what kind of where it went at the end of the season for you i don't, I don't think it was an unfortunate thing that it happened so early in her career it was probably more fortunate oh yeah I, yeah i don't yeah. disagree i mean it just you know a lot of people wouldn't have had the uh, strength to continue on. Right. I mean, something so new, like, yeah, it was a blast, but yeah, there's more, there's more at stake here. So thanks for the ride, but you know, this <laughs> is, you know, but I bet you get somebody who's been doing it their whole life, you know, racing go karts and then you know up into you know quarter midgets and then into sprint cars or whatever, and they finally have the bad one, you know. Yeah. Um, that's a little different. I mean, it's it would be a whole you know, a fundamental change in life to walk away at that point. But for Leah, you know, conceivably it would have been somewhat easy. Like, hey, thanks, Ryan. Appreciate your time. But uh, here's a nice car. Why don't you raise this one? It, it works pretty good when it's not broke. So, you know, but you didn't do that. He wouldn't have let me anyway. <laughs> so you, uh, you know, you, you go through this and you start working your way back in and getting in the car over and over and over again. And, um, you know, at some level, I mean, how much does it have to do with trusting the race car? I mean, is it trusting yourself or the race car or the competitors? Or, I mean, what mentally, what, where did you have to get to? Sorry. <laughs> um, I, you know, I warned you I, of that. I, uh, I just looked at my phone to make sure we were still connected. <laughs> no, I, you know, if I had a dollar for every time a woman ignored me, I would, I would, I would be running a world of all operations. I'm going to ask you to report, repeat your question. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. We, we were warned early that, uh, you know, Leah's, Leah's kids are there, and uh, it is close to bedtime. And uh, so, so <laughs> she might have to leave us. <laughs> but what, what a well-timed! Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, moving on. <laughs> she didn't want to answer that question. So, no, I think I, I think I just basically said, uh, you know, what, uh, um, you know, that mental block or whatever, as you described it. Um, you know, what the the progression of getting through that. Um, you know. I, I don't know, Randy, what the hell did I just ask? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, how did you get com- back to being comfortable in the car after you wrecked? Yeah, was it a trust and thing with the race car or yourself or what? I'm sorry. Thank you for, <laughs> for <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think most of it was trusting myself and trusting the car again. Um, I've, I had spent 
a lot of time working on that car with Ryan and um, learning what it had to what what I needed to learn in order to trust it and get it set up right. And um, a big component of this is that knowledge I, it, from not just Ryan but the other racers. I think that day. Uh, where I finally felt like I could race, where I really felt like I could get up with the front of the pack and progress to where I wanted to be before the end of the season. It was due to a group effort. I had, um, I, I believe it was Lance who had come over and helped me set up for the track conditions and oh, uh, a couple brave. other <laughs> uh, Jory was there too. I oh, believe. okay. Well, that, well you're not uh, as yeah, brave. No, I had a couple people helping me that actually knew what they were doing. And well, you had uh, Jory there that knew what he was doing. Lance, <laughs> Lance for comic relief. Uh, sorry. Uh, I borrowed his, uh, his Lance's jack, and that kind of started a train of people coming over to help me. It was. Uh, it was. Slightly comical, but I had several <laughs> several people follow me to go get my car set up. We got it set up, and I just going into the race, I I changed my mindset on it. I felt like the car was running great. Uh, I felt that um, that I could really do something with it. And uh, Ryan had actually just also helped helped me with one other thing with it. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but I at uh, I don't know what what race was this at um where i smashed my finger in the shifter oh yeah yeah i don't remember either but i do remember was was that in greenbush that you did I... no that was the north dakota race the night before greenbush oh, and, oh uh, grand, grand forks, forks. Grand forks. Yeah, yeah grand forks yep how the heck did you yeah, smash so your I... finger in the shifter <laughs> yeah well the shifter hadn't worked for probably most of the season and it was sticking and i we were trying to get it to unjam and i i just hamburgered my finger completely yeah, chopped the tip of it off it was great and <laughs> <laughs> um so the the race where i really started to trust my car again with all these little things ryan and i at the racetrack replaced the shifter and i started just i think that was the kind of the waterfall effect where i finally trusted that everything was where it needed to be and I started trusting myself again too. Didn't and know where I the end on the track. The end of her huh? finger, we didn't know where that was, but <laughs> her trust was. Oh back. yeah, it's in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm betting it's not anymore. <laughs> right, right. It's probably gone. <laughs> so well that um I guess not to not to change the subject, but uh, you know, a couple of things you said in there brought up some brought up like one one story in particular that I thought was uh was pretty classic or we'll go down in northern renegades history as classic because uh you know you are the first uh, female competitor yep. um with the northern renegades and, right now um, she's the only one too well yeah yep yeah. and uh yeah so you still you still got the record um but you know and and you know it's no surprise you're 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 a I, you're a pretty girl. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how to not make it weird. I'm sorry, but <laughs> this, is, and this is why girls stop talking to me. But um, no, so uh, but she comes over one day, and uh, I, I think it was Paul Schultz and oh, his no. guys, and and, uh, oh, and no. all my guys. This is and, the uh, first day I raised. Okay, yeah. So this 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 lady, we're you know, uh, pretty pretty woman that comes and is racing with us, and it seems very nice and very smiley, comes over. 
and uh, right in the middle, I mean, we're all in a group, right? Now, kind of like in a circle, uh, talking about uh, you know setups and race cars and you know man stuff, whatever. And, <laughs> and, it's, and all of a sudden, there's this there's this pretty girl with a fire suit on, um, and she says. Do any of you guys have a tie wrap? And you've never seen, you know, ten guys <laughs> scatter to find a tie wrap faster in your entire life. Like, like, which one do you want? You know? so, and of course, her face kind of turned red and whatever. And it was uh, pretty classic. <laughs> but, but, uh, and I think there was uh, there there are probably some other comments that you, maybe you even remember better. But uh, I know that we've uh, we've said a, and laughed a handful of times about that. But. Uh, um, from a you know serious question, um, <laughs> what uh, do you feel like um, that there's a there's a different judgment? I mean, was that did that make it you know maybe mentally tougher? Um, because I mean, do you feel like you need to be accepted because you are a, a female competitor? Um, do you think it's different, or do you think you're just you know one of the group and that's the way it's been? I mean, I'm 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 interested as you know, not just as a racer, but also as the promoter. Um, do, you, oh. do you think it's, do you think it's any different or, I mean, was that, was that, ma did that make it harder? I, I feel like it would make it harder to get through, um, you know, that, that acceptance, you know, because you know, when you're accepted in the club on the racetrack and when you're not just the way that you're raised. I mean, I, I would assume that you felt that as well. Right. Right. I, uh, I don't think it was any, anything different. I, I was accepted immediately. And uh, the biggest thing that I've enjoyed with this, besides the fact that I get my adrenaline kick, is the fact that it's a big family and everyone takes care of each other. And I have pride for that. I, I honestly would not be doing this still if it were different. Oh, that's that's awesome to hear. I appreciate that. I mean, not that you're yeah. saying that to me, but I, it, it that's exactly what we're we're striving for, um, and the type of people that we have, and that I think that's part of why you and Ryan fit in so well too, because you're um, you're wired that same way. Um, that we all take care of each other, but of course on the speedway, um, little different story where uh, everybody's everybody's racing hard. So tell us what uh, you know. We, you broke through the thing, and we know. What's the what's the level of success that you achieved? Well, my final feature up in Bemidji this year, I uh, I hit a goal that I had been striving for for a while, and it's not only getting up towards the front of the pack, but it was to beat Ryan in a race. Right. And I ended up doing both. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You pass him going, thanks for building my car. See ya. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's essentially it. <laughs> well, and, and uh, you know, the best part of the story, at least from my perspective, and I think a lot of the other competitors would agree, um, you know, we all knew where Lee had finished. We, you, you know where everybody finished during the, you know, basically – and uh, and that she had done really well and i don't think that any of us were surprised by it by any means um what actually caught me off guard was you know the the leah smile and like literally went down pit road like i mean everybody congratulating you and whatever and you know i think what was cool is that you just saw something that i think all of us had seen already that you just had to prove to yourself and but to see the smile and and the hugs and everybody i mean that was that was one of the uh, memorable nights for i think for all of us i uh 
I don't know. I <laughs> taking fourth place after not really racing well for quite some time was not only a first, but an, an amazing progression and the support of the people at the track, the people we raced with and just everyone as a whole was spectacular climbing out of the car. It, it wasn't, I knew, I know that I can do better eventually as I continue progressing, but climbing out of the car after taking that fourth place and accomplishing the goals I had wanted to all season long, it was an amazing experience for me. And to have the people that I look to now as a family, as friends, as a way of my, my life now um, and having their support. And I mean, the smiles, the hugs, the high fives, everything, it was it was great. Everyone was phenomenal about it and supportive of how ecstatic I was for that fourth place. Well, that was like a feature win for you at that point. It definitely was. <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, that, that's, it, it maybe it's hard for people to imagine, but, uh, you know, fourth place is a, with, even with our group is a big deal and it's only going to get, it's only going to get more difficult from here. So, um, that's, uh, but it was an amazing run. I mean, you did, but like I said, I don't think anybody else was uh, was surprised by it. It was, you know, you just had finally, you know, seen your own potential. So that was, it's, and that's, I think, you know, the, <laughs> I think everybody else kind of went, oh, crap. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. That's just, yeah, well, that's it, you know, and then, of course, the next night, Troy goes out and wins the feature and just dominates everybody. It's like, oh, yeah, it ain't going to get no easier, that's for sure. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's, that's why I especially enjoy our arrive and drives um, because you get to see, you know, in the short span, you get to see somebody, uh, you know, get in a car and maybe live out their, their dream or whatever. Um, in that, but, you know, throughout the course of the summer, seeing that progression, that's, uh, you know, that's something that I think, you know, one of the aspects that not very many other people in series, you know, they're, they're so busy, you know, having to spend money and whatever um, and focus on their own results that, this is where racing came from, in my opinion. Right. I mean, Randy, you, you, you've been around long, as long or longer than me. Um, this is what's part of what's lacking in the sport today is that the, the other's victories and sharing. And, you know, we all had a hand in a little way, and I don't mean to take any credit away from you, Leah, but, you know, everybody that had helped you that season, um, you know, had a hand and, and was proud of, of you going and getting that fourth place. I mean, and that's not common these days. Yeah, I, I attribute it to not just my personal progression, but you hit, hit it right. That's 100% correct. Every moment that someone spent with me giving me advice and tips on how to set up the car, how to handle it, what to do in the turns given the track conditions, all of that was something that I was able to build into being successful and progressing that, the way that I had. Oh, it's, uh, it, it's amazing. But kind of a storybook season i mean you you've you've already ridden all the highs and lows you know uh, what's what's next here i mean what are you looking forward to uh for 2020 well 2020 is going to be quite fun um i am going to keep pushing the boundaries and continue to progress as much as possible and i'm not going to say that i'm going to be able to quite take 
the lead yet. I've got a lot of learning to do still, but it's something that's in my sights, not necessarily this season, but in the next few seasons to come, I'll be there. Now, you were, you were talking a lot about having goals that you've met. And I realize that finishing like a top five is a goal, but how did how did you keep moving that goalpost? Or did you sit down at the beginning of the season and go, okay, I want to accomplish this, I want to accomplish this, I want to accomplish this, and I want to accomplish this, and have these lists that you kind of ticked off, or did you do them one at a time? I want to do this. Okay, now that I've got that, I want to, this is my next step. I mean, did you ha- go after it all at once, or did you methodically work your way through it? I methodically worked my way through it. I didn't have a end goal in mind. It was always just moving that goal post further out once I achieved something. Okay. I, I was just kind of curious because I watched you from the start of the season and you went out and ran around at the back of the pack and didn't care what anybody else was doing. You just ran your line and did what you felt you needed to do to make yourself better, which was different <laughs> you, usually people get into a car like that and they go out there and the first thing they do is put their right foot as far on, down on the throttle as they can and hit that first corner thinking Haha, i'm lightning mcqueen and they, <laughs> they find out there <laughs> yeah. well and i think that's a lot of that is uh the difference between uh um you know contrary to popular belief nowadays there is difference between men and women um but I mean, let's just face it. I mean, girls are just inherently, you know, probably smarter than us at most levels. <laughs> and she was, she was smart enough to know her limitations, I suppose. I mean, and just you probably bridged that gap faster because you approached it that way. Um, yeah, would would be my thought. That, well, well, not. Sorry. Go sorry. ahead. Uh, not knowing the car was the biggest reason why I held myself back. I could have throttled it and I could have thrown myself into it a little heavier, but the risk was losing the car and having to start over and do a rebuild right away. And I've seen plenty of horror stories (laughs) online about people just opening it wide up and flipping their car on the first night. And it's just again speaks to the uh, the, the, the intellect of uh, of girls versus boys. Cause, you know, I, I don't know that I would have progressed through all that thought. I just been like, yeah, let's do this. You, you do realize that by doing research, you were cheating. Oh, I don't think so one bit. And if it is, then you can blame Ryan for it because he's the one who's like, why don't we check out the fifty worst sprint car crashes tonight? Yeah. Well, that'll calm you down. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, that's what I had leading up to getting into the car for the first time, was making sure I knew that I could die if I (laughs) throttled it and decided to go over the wall. Right. So, uh, you know, Ryan uh, turns out to be a pretty good coach on all this stuff. uh, He covered all the bases before he even hit the racetrack. A hundred percent. And he was very attentive as to what was needed and making sure that I was confident and comfortable. And that's something that I think the renegades really have with him is he he's he's like a sponge. He gets all this knowledge and he doesn't keep it. He expels it and makes sure that everyone who needs it has it. His personality is perfect for the racing scene. hundred percent. Well, he certainly made it. uh made the transfer of information and uh, made a lot of people feel really comfortable, um, you know, asking questions. In a, in a racing world where, and, and 
you know, you haven't seen all of it as much, but I'm sure you've you've got the, a little bit of the impression from some of the tracks we've been at. Everybody covers everything up, and everything's a secret now um, because they've all had to pay for that. And, of course, you know, this, this brand of racing is substantially different than that. So, um, you know, yeah, just a blessing to have both you guys, I mean, in, in our uh, racing family. And, um, you know, the addition of two cars basically out of on one team, right. um, you know, helped immensely um, in, in being able to, uh, you know, really get a grip on these racetracks and, and uh, prove that we're our, our brand is valuable. Then you brought your car up to the arrive and drive at the end of the season and let people get in it and <coughs> experience the things that you've experienced all summer. How many of those people got out of that car without a smile on their face? Oh, they loved it. <laughs> They're, you, you know, you get anyone from the younger ages all the way through the older ages, and it's the same, 100% through every single experience they get out of that car with the biggest grin on their faces and the excitement and the adrenaline. You can just see it coursing through them, <laughs> and that's that's why I love it. That's why I enjoy it is because of all those emotions and feelings, it is an amazing experience and the fact that I was able to bring my car to an arrive and drive and let someone else experience that I think that's key for the for what you guys are trying to do here it definitely gets word out and the experience to be had before just jumping in during a race as your first race or uh, as your first time in a spring car well and and you know correct me if I'm wrong but did it did it not seem like you know a lot of you got a lot of uh, a lot of girls were interested a lot of uh, you know, every time it seemed like I looked over, you know, there was there was a young lady um, standing there kind of starry-eyed staring up at this uh, race car driver. Um, you know, th was that accurate? Yeah, that's definitely accurate. Uh, I, I definitely had a lot of interests of younger women and even, you know, a couple older women that wanted to give it a shot just because I'm a woman and I'm doing this. And it, it breaks through some of those barriers that, it's a man's sport. It's actually an anyone's sport. Whoever wants to get in, it, into it can get into it. Absolutely. And it's not that difficult. You just have to kind of break through the anxiety of, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go how fast on a dirt track? <laughs> it takes guts. It takes guts, and that's what we love about it. And uh, you definitely are not short on guts, that's for sure. After 173 miles an hour on two wheels, yeah, she gets ever says, I don't have enough guts for that. I'm gonna say liar. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, what are you, uh, you know, what are you most excited for next season? I mean, obviously getting out and turning some laps again, but uh, you know, tracks, races, uh, people. What, uh, you know, what, what are you looking forward to? Are you really gonna make me pick one thing? <laughs> no. Uh, okay, three things. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what was your? What, what, we'll just back up. I mean, take them one at a time. What, what was your favorite racetrack, and what, what track are you most looking forward to going back to? Uh, Proctor. Really? Yeah, I enjoyed Proctor a lot. That's where I really felt the car was sticking and I was figuring things out quickly. Um, that was, I believe, right before my crash at Cedar Lake. Okay, yep. So that was like the peak before. Uh, and that's, and you know, and honestly, that's what happened. And this is what we talked about with Troy. Um, you know, and there's, there's nobody can coach you through that. I mean, you you have to gain that confidence and then fall down and then get get back up on your own and uh, and and be better for it. But uh, that is surprising. Uh, Proctor, 
um, you definitely got guts that you uh, you're gonna hustle a car on that place because um, it mm. is it is uh, you know it it actually in my opinion um, I've seen a couple of racetracks that Proctor can be scary fast and uh, and you know typically when we're there it is they've got it they've got it kind of sticky and uh, and it it is it'll bite you it's uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a fun little place but uh, no that's uh, I think that maybe speaks to the kind of adrenaline you like, though. Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> so, I, I, was, I was actually kind of surprised by that answer. Yeah, well, I, I think both of our reactions, I think we both were surprised. <laughs> so that's very cool. What? Uh, so Proctor's the place you're, you're looking forward to. We are going there twice. So I've already oh. confirmed that next year. If, if, um, if Proctor's the place where she's looking forward to, we got to get her out to Ada next year. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Ada's a little bit longer version of Proctor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Well, uh, <laughs> well, we will be releasing the schedule hopefully sooner than later. Definitely, uh, you know, around New Year's or or before. So, um, would love to get your input on that. But, um, you know, what uh, we said racetracks. What else? What? Uh, um, well, I had a whole list of questions there. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to be co-hosting right now. Uh, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm going to hang you out to dry on this one. <laughs> yeah, just go ahead and hit the mute button and leave me hanging here again. That'd be fine. <laughs> no, I, I mean, mean, I could do that, but it might not be that interesting. Right. Well, well, <laughs> well I mean, I, it's arguable how interesting that we've been in the past. I think this one's going pretty good, but... Uh, um, I guess, you know, next season, what, what else are you excited for? I mean, well, let, let's put it this way. What, what kind of goals do you have in mind for next year? Uh, well, a lot of it is part related. I want to get some better tires for the car, which is kind of important. Um, and then looking at parts that are, well, better shocks, I don't know. I, I want to put a little bit more money into the car. It's pretty solid the way it is. The suspension and the tires are the only areas where I feel like I could have improved a little bit mm-hmm. um, and make the car stick a little bit better. Uh, and a big goal of mine is to not have to ask those questions and to be able to do the car setup track side, depending on the track conditions and you know how, how they change throughout the races and uh, not have to rely on other people to jump in. Not that I don't like that aspect of it, but I'm I'm rather independent. And that's one (laughs) of the things with my car that I need to get down for myself to feel that next level of confidence. Right. Right. That that, that I can understand. Just keep in mind that you're not allowed to buy really expensive shocks. <laughs> you know, all of my parts are so ancient. I'm surprised my car is as well put together as it is. Right. So, uh, <laughs> testament to Ryan's ability. No, that's uh, um, so you know your your benchmark for uh, uh, for the summer for next season is uh, obviously to run run a little better and get a more confidence in the car. Um, any other you know big changes coming for uh, for 2020? I mean. Um, you know, new trailers, new sponsors, new anything else? I have not gone towards getting a sponsor quite yet. Um, it is something that I'm interested in pursuing. I just haven't had um, the time to really look into it with school and work and children. So it's it's something that's on the table that I, I'm interested in doing, obviously. But uh, 
not quite there yet. I uh, want to wrap the car too. And that's something that I'd like for 2020 to have a nice new design instead of just black with my duct tape numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Which well, actually didn't look bad at all. It was, uh, it was very well done. And I, 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 happen, <laughs> I, I, I happen to know that uh, there's a design being worked on for your car. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's nice to know. <laughs> we, we, we won't, Doesn't we won't mean re- it'll be any good or you'll <laughs> like it, I guess. But. Yeah, well, you'll get final <laughs> approval on it, but we're not going to tell you where it's coming from yet. So, no, 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 no. Okay. But yeah, that's. You guys uh, are great. I'm going to be curious <laughs> forever now. <laughs> well, forever is a per- fairly short period of time because we start racing again in May. <laughs> It'll be a perfect birthday present then. <laughs> so, well, well, you've uh, you've heard it here first. I mean, there's lots of sponsorship opportunities um, on uh, the one and only Leah Stills. Still, stall. Steel, 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 steel. <laughs> this is why I made you say it earlier because I've I've mispronounced it all summer long. I think so. She's got nerves of steel. That's that's hey. Good way to remember. Good Lord, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's late. This is the... Uh, she's, this... she's raced against you. Come on. You know she's got nerves of steel. Right, right. Anybody that's brave enough to uh, to be on, only on the track when you're crossing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, um, anybody else, uh, you know, well, one last question. Uh, what do your parents think of this? Uh, that's an interesting question I honestly don't think they believed I was going to do it Um, it was one of those moments where oh that's cool honey Um, you know the normal I don't really believe you're that stupid to go do something like that but okay we'll support you anyway if you were my daughter I would be like hallelujah she's gonna have a roll cage (laughs) so (laughs) I'll tell you what I'll I'll even I'll buy the car if you just sell that bike (laughs) I would be at it uh, no coming from a bike family they'd have never made her sell the bike right 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 it's a whole different mentality absolutely I I do remember seeing a Facebook post from Leah about her entrance into sprint car racing where uh, how did you word it? You told your parents that <sighs> at least this way you'd have a roll cage to protect you to be there for your kids. Yes. So that's that's kind of the, the thought process I had about getting into sprint car racing instead of motorcycle racing. I've been thinking about racing for years. Um, when it comes to being on the motorcycle on the street, there's so many unknown variables and it just, it's, it's, getting more and more dangerous because of that. Um, the use of cell phones has really, oh, really oh made man. it difficult for people to be safe on motorcycles. Yeah, when you pull out to pass them and you're going by them and the guy's looking down at his screen on his phone because he's got right. it propped on his steering wheel. You On a bike, you can get close enough, you can actually see them doing it. Right. You just kind of knock on their window and keep going. <laughs> yeah. No, no, there is... Uh, I, I, I agree. I would I would much rather have my kids on the racetrack than on the street, even in a car. Honestly, <laughs> it's uh, it's a dangerous world out there. I can't imagine doing it on two wheels. Right. <laughs> well, and that that was kind of my segue into the into getting on a track was realizing how dangerous it was and losing the interest of being on the street because of it. I have two beautiful children I have to think about and provide for, and if something were to happen to me 
I I don't want to leave them motherless. So I I wanted to still be able to enjoy my adrenaline need of speed and uh, be safer. And when you think about taking a motorcycle on the track, even then, if you crash bad enough, you're possibly not walking away from it. And I just I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to do it. So I've lost, I, I started losing interest on being on the street and I really didn't have that outlet of what I was used to of riding and um, enjoying that. Uh, so sprint cars, naturally, you've got a roll cage. You're, you're not going to hopefully die when you have an <laughs> That's accident. That's the goal. <laughs> and, you know, um, serious injury is, in comparison to a motorcycle wreck, is a lot harder to do in a sprint car and that to me was what i needed in order to get on a track awesome yeah that's amazing yeah yeah considering 173 miles an hour <laughs> well, <that'll work> <laughs> that, that number just freaks me out i've been 115 on a bike and went yeah this is stupid <laughs> <laughs> i never said it was smart <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> well, now, besides being a mother or two, you're going to school, you've still got a full-time job. How do you balance all that and then put racing in there? I have a wonderful family. <laughs> um, my parents spent a lot of time with my children this summer as I was working on the car and uh, joining races. And uh, Without them, I, I don't think you guys would have seen me half the time that I was there. So it's... Uh, it's definitely a good support network. And I just, towards the end of the season, I started venturing towards bringing the kids to the track and exposing them to that. And uh, hopefully next season, we'll get it down to the ability of me being there every weekend with my kids when I have them and uh, hopefully Ab see a lot more of me because of that. Absolutely. No, that's uh, that's part of it. I, I know we've have have had a lot of friends um, throughout racing and a lot of racers and whatever and um you know that's that's one of the aspects that keeps changing is that uh you know it's getting so serious um that you know the kids aren't uh, the kids aren't able to be involved and i know that's what happened in my career with the late model and stuff you just they couldn't they couldn't be in the garage and even really help because this is serious stuff and there's a lot of money tied up and uh so yeah for you to to start bringing your kids and sharing your family with us we really appreciate that and that's what we want everybody to do is exactly. because you know this this can only go so far um and it, i don't even mean to spin it in the light of you know we want it to continue on but you know racing has given me so much and randy i mean it's been a big part of your life and um you know when the the interview that you know if you listen to this podcast you've heard ron talk about it you know changing lives and whatever that's there's so much more to all this than just wins and losses and whatever i mean my kids you know they look forward to going to the racetrack because, you know, because of the people that they're, they get to hang out with and because of the other kids and yeah. they're, they have a really good time and it's not, they're not there just because they have to be there. Cause we're, they want to be there when we, we do stuff as a family now. Um, and a lot of it revolves around going to races and doing, and not just because we're so involved in the series, but you know, when we have weekends off from our series, we take our car and go race. And in the wintertime, my kids are racing snowmobiles. And that's, it's, it just, it, it's a way of life. And it, it, the people that you throughout history have, have met, 
um, you know, that they're the best people that there are. And that part hasn't changed, but they're, it's harder to find. It's harder to see. It's a different environment with, between that and the sprint car series though. Right. And, but those people are still there. I mean, that was the biggest, when I was going to quit, that was the biggest realization is, you know, I saw the sprint car series and it's like, these people all still like each other and they're interacting and they're, I mean, and all of a sudden you realize this is how it used to be. Um, and it's not like that anymore. Um, but then as, as people see our group and are attracted to our group and ask questions and whatever, they're, they feel free to open up and, um, and you see that all of those same people are still there and they still care about each other and they want to help each other. But if you're not telling me something, I'm not telling you nothing because, you know, I paid somebody for this information and (laughs) of course, you know, it it just, it starts going in the wrong direction. And uh, I think, you know, one thing Leah kind of represents in our series is just the the open-endedness of, you know, it's all still here and it's welcome to anybody. And how much of a family it is. Right. You know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you feel at times that you're you're not racing with other racers, but you're racing more like with a group that's just basically your big brothers? Oh, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I definitely feel that way. And, you know, it, it it is, as I've said before, and as you guys have said, it is a family. And I have to say that, you know, coming from where I've come from and the experiences that I've had, walking into something that is so close-knit and where everyone generally cares about each other, it's refreshing. And it was definitely, for me, it was life-changing as well. So everything that you guys are doing, the fact that it's sustainable, the fact that we've got a close-knit group, it's right. And I want to see it continue and thrive for years. If you could see the smile on Kaylee's face right now. <laughs> well, I mean, it's uh, it's only possible because uh, you know because of people like you and, and the and the people that we have um, buying into it and believing in it, and uh, it really has very little to do with with uh, Ron or myself or you know this is just you know this is the platform um, right. and the people, and that's what's so astounding to me and and why it's worth all the hours and all the time because you know you know that it's this is your family you're helping to take care of kind of so it's uh no it's it's very cool and like i said we so much appreciate you uh making the leap and and becoming uh you know joining our family well thank you i definitely appreciate the ability to do it and the opportunity as well now leah i know you need to get your kids off to bed and i know you need to get to bed because you got school and things to do and work so with that thank you very much for being a part of it with us tonight for Kaylee this is Randy and for Leah Steele check her out on Facebook do you have a racing page I do it's LS racing just that just that simple LS Facebook. Racing. just that Facebook. simple <laughs> that's LS a Facebook racing. page that's Facebook okay and so. then you can kind of follow along with Leah through the course of the winter as she rebuilds and gets ready to head into the 2020 season and uh well leah you have a good night this is the renegades on dirt podcast and we want to take a minute and thank palmer's tavern liquid nitro energy drink and old world meats for helping us do this every week we will see you guys next week and have a great christmas